Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. I think it says a lot about just me and also the way my parents raised me that anything that came about in the world of, of culture and society that truly frightened people, I love. I love it. Example. Please. Like, this. Public Enemy. Public Enemy was way too hard for a lot of people when Public Enemy came out. And, man, do I love them. How could you not? How could you not? Chuck D is uh, one of the goats when it comes to the wide world of hip-hop. Oh, my gosh. We're going to do this soon because this is the 10th. Why do I keep saying 10th? It's the 50th anniversary, half-century anniversary of hip-hop in America. But we're going to do this. You pitched this last week. We're going to actually sit down and do this. Okay. We're going to have a a March Madness-style bracket. Where we seed all the MCs. I don't know if we're going to do 64. We might do 32. But either way, we're going to seed all the the, the great rappers of all time, and then have like a play out where we uh, where we diagnose and debate and all that sort of stuff. But Chuck D certainly uh, going to be one of the top seeds in that. Oh, bracket. without a doubt. And just to just to let people know for parity and equity and equality and inclusivity and all that stuff, I had a friend ask me to do the exact same thing. For rock and roll groups. That's great. And I said, what? Oh, Heck yeah. This could be a whole podcast series. We could do blues. We could do let's R&B. Go. We could I'm do down. rock and roll. We like, could do rap. Bring we it could on. Do, well, let's do classical. We could do composers. We could do whatever. I'll, I'm down for this all day. I'll take Bach in the <laughs> final four. Followed slowly by Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. Yes, yes. The lot is now here Spin Radio. Welcome back. Hour number two coming at you. Hot Rod James Seabrook. Ryan Shotgun. Hey. Freestyle Friday. That's our last one. That's our last one. I'm so sad, folks. We're we're, going to be very structured in the fall because that's what we have to do just to get all the the sponsor love and the coverage and stuff just goes so hard in the fall. Montana loves football. So we're going to be talking NFL football, Big Sky Conference football, high school football. NAIA football. uh, Frontier Conference football. Let's go. We'll be talking volleyball, cross country, all sorts of different things, all the best storylines around the state of Montana. But this time of year, it's so fun because nothing's happening yet. So we're just doing hypotheticals. We're, we're keeping it loose, yes. which is what we're about to do. If you missed anything in the first hour of the show, oh. we kept playing our fun NFL game where we name a team, then the other guy names a player that Love it. reminds you of the team, and then we diagnose that team, and then we keep on rolling. We'll maybe get to some more of that here Right now, we also heard from Bobby Houck, the head coach of the Montana Grizzlies. And we also talked about some of the best returning talent from the three AA high schools in Missoula as part mm-hmm. of our Garden City Spotlight. All of it on our uh, Nuanas Now podcast, which is probably presented by Blackfoot Communications. Visit goblackfoot.com, the M store where they're all grizz all the time, and the Montana State Bookstore. Visit MSU Bookstore. Uh, org. If we're going to Freestyle Friday, man, like, where, where's, where's my smart dumb? I know, right? Dude, I'm I'm loving that. And I actually started doing that with one of my friends' kids. I love it. I love it. I was it. like, hey, I'm going to give you a scenario, and you're going to tell me smart or dumb or why. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, 
okay. I love and he was, it. I was I like, it. I gave him a I scenario. He was like, he was like, Mr. Seabrook, that's really dumb. And I was like, out of a nine-year-old, it's great. Well, hold that, hold that <laughs> thought because we're going to play some smart, dumb with fantasy football here. Yes, sir. In just uh, just a quick minute, but uh, just to to finish the point where. I just I love things that are a little bit counterculture and dangerous. Mm. I, I've I I don't want to get too far into the societal and political weeds right now, but I do think that fly high, Icarus. One of the reasons that I how, how do you say enjoy one, one, one of my one of my favorite pursuits as a human is reading literature of all sorts, mm-hmm. and I've always gravitated towards books that were deemed some somewhat controversial because I think that the education system in America, I think is fine. And in some ways is good. There's certainly curriculums that exist that are, I think great. I think that the math and science in most places in Montana right now, I think it's good. Mm-hmm. If not the, great, all the STEM stuff. And I think there's, there's a definitive reason why there's been this giant gravitation toward, um, STEM education, especially at the the, mm-hmm. the higher education level, but I also think that um, to achieve true intellectual balance, mm-hmm. critical thinking is the most important thing that you can so do. So important, and that's why I think that all books that have ever been written should be allowed to be at libraries, mm-hmm. so that. You can read them, and it's not about the influence they're going to have on you as much as it's about you making the choice to believe and not believe. But the better you get at critical thinking, the more you can sort of put the parameters down on it. I I remember being in high school and finding books that were quote-unquote banned to read them. And those are some of the best books you'll ever read. Did they did they influence me one way? Or the, sure, I mean, certainly, whatever. But like you just being able to look at all those things objectively. So, right. uh, you know. I just think that uh, there's reasons things become controversial, and that's because they're impactful. And if you just ha- they usurp the status quo. That's right. And if you if you know how to properly critically think, read, just because you read something doesn't mean that's going to be your gospel as a person or the all. way that you act. You chose to engage in a perspective, and you are right. authentically engaging upon your own self enlightenment. Exactly. And you're not taking misinformation, disinformation, or malinformation, and then formulating uh, uh, an opinion, a feeling, a thought, and then a behavior and an action from 100%, it. Man. Like go out and do it yourself. Read it right. yourself before you're like, I don't, I, I don't want that book in my right. library. And it's like, have you read it? Right. It may relate to you more than you think. Or, or it might not, but it could still craft the way that your brain thinks. Or and, relate to someone you actually care and if about. You can, and if you can actually have some sort of unbiased way of consuming information that could take you so much farther as a person. I mean, I, I, I pursued uh, multiple minors with my journalism major while I was in college, but I have a, a, a minor in religious studies Ooh. because, and I, and I consider myself, a, I would say a spiritual person, maybe not necessarily a, a, a religious, deeply religious person, but I There's do have, a difference. I, I do have my own religion for sure. And it's because I've read the most impactful religious documents. If you look at my bookshelf at home, I have all of the most impactful religious uh, documents. And, it's not about believing in one or the other. It's about reading all of them and absorbing them and then crafting your own ideals. Anyways, we're, we're down into the weeds. But, uh, Icarus, I, you're supposed to stay above. Just just learning and learning how to critically think is important. 
it's it's beyond important. I think it's I think it's, it's I, a dying I, art. I think it's the <laughs> thing that will save us as a human race and as society and as culture. That that's my last thought. Let's save our listeners from our so, troll. Let's so keep going. On that intellectual note, let's talk about some fantasy football. It's Nuwana now. Kick it. ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. <laughs> Who just someone just texted you? I got a text from a loyal listener. I got it. Thanks. Uh, we're not gonna address what he just said. But regardless, uh let's talk fantasy football. So I got the number one pick. In my fantasy football draft, what are you doing uh, I, with have, it? I have several leagues, but my the one that's like my, my most long-standing league is yes. the one that my brother and I have, have done forever with our our friends from you know way back in the day, right. you know, teenage years or whatever. When are you gonna invite me, man? I know we so, should bring back the fantasy league. Me and Ryan used no, to do on this show. We, we actually should have a fantasy league. Right Why here. not? Hold that thought for sure. This one though, this league has existed for shoot. Probably close to twenty years, mm. and there's been some. Jo- there's a wait list for sure. My brother's wife's been trying to get in this league forever because she has. She, first of all, she started just dealing. I will fight Miss Nuanez <laughs> now, right now. She, she started just dealing with us, you know, watching football all day, every right. day on Sunday, yeah, and, yeah. and then and then she got totally into it, and then she's like, "Well, when am I up?" So she's next up on the list. Yep. We actually did have one person drop out and a new addition. It was like 16 seasons in. Somebody that would had been on the waiting list, who had been on the waiting list for more than a decade, finally got in. Anyways, we do a, we do like a, a draw for who gets the first pick. So I get the first pick. Convenient. Um, the way that the, the, the fantasy football world has evolved in the last couple of years has been has been interesting. The the narrative of running backs in the NFL Oh boy! Has changed the way that fantasy football uh, strategy goes when it comes to your draft. Yep. For I would say for a good span, drafting the guy you thought was going to be the most productive running back in the league was the was the best choice you could make if you had the number one pick. It's still to me the best choice to make. I do agree, but I think to there's a a, there's a couple guys that can have superior statistics compared to their position groups that put them in the mix. Right. I think Justin Jefferson for the Minnesota Vikings. Yes. I think Travis Kelsey yes. for the Kansas City Chiefs. Without a doubt. I think Tyreek Hill uh, with Miami. for Miami. Yes. I, I, I And I think maybe Jamar Chase I is, was gonna say is, Jamar is Chase. knocking on the door, too. Yes. Those, those are the four guys that you'd maybe consider over the top running backs in the league. Do you agree? I would say yes. If those guys, if those four guys are floating and I'm like third or fourth, I'm picking one of those guys quick. But what about if you have number one? <sighs> Here's the thing that puts both Jefferson and Kelsey over the top. They might and, and probably will. Well, I would say they probably will score 15 touchdowns and they might score 20 touchdowns. Yeah, you, and the touchdowns is the thing that's hard to, hard to overcome. It is hard to overcome, and I think Travis Kelsey is a is a TD vulture. Like he just, you know, last year. When last, I had Kelsey last year, he scored four touchdowns in a game. You're not losing your fantasy matchup that week if you if you got a guy that scores four touchdowns. Well, you're not losing any fantasy matchup if one dude scores four touchdowns. Like, and if you do, your team stinks. Um, I you you got to go there, but if you're the sixth, seventh, or eighth person drafting, like those those people are gone. Right, and then right. you have to then you know you you, you got to go running back. I would say the 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 position in fantasy that you can also be the most liberal with is wide receiver. 
because most teams are running three wide receiver sets as their base offense. So it's it's, it's liberal after the top, top ones, right? Yeah, I I stand corrected. Thank you, grandfather. Like, if you if you can get, I I think here's I think this is the cutoff. Here here's if you can get Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup, Stephon Diggs, AJ Brown. Kelsey's got to be in this. Kelsey's a tight end. Okay. But but if you could get Jefferson, Chase, Hill, Cup, Diggs, or Brown, mm-hmm. those are superior to the rest of the, the, li- the liberal nature of it. Without but then, a doubt. But then after that, then you got to get crafty. Because then I think that, you know, how much better is Jalen Waddle than, you know, Christian Kirk? Or how much better is, you know, C.D. Lamb than Mike Evans. You know what I mean? Like, right, right, then, right. then you can get pretty liberal after that. Mm-hmm. That's where I think fantasy football is gone, though, is prioritize first and foremost who's the best player on a team that's going to score points. Sands position. And they are primary, if not exclusive, to their team's number one option when they're in the red zone. That's why the, the, the Chiefs are going to probably be a top three, if not number one scoring Offense in the NFL. Who's going to score the most touchdowns for the Chiefs? Travis Kelsey. Barring injury, it's going to be Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, the Vikings. Period. The Vikings, for all of my animosity towards Kirk Cousins and my up-and-down feelings about him, the Vikings are going to score a lot of points this year. Who's the number one target in the red zone? Justin, me. Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. Which, by the way, going back to the Vikings, you got me hooked on that quarterback show. And for sure. I like Kirk Cousins. I want to go target shopping with Kirk Cousins. See, this is my deal, man. This is This is my deal. If Kirk Cousins is my next door neighbor, you love him. Love him. Love him. If, if Kurt wants to come kick it, love break it. Down, break down. Let's go. Break Hang down out NFL, all day. Let's go. Strap up if, for my team. If, if, no. If I want to send my kids over to Kirk Cousins' house, to oh, hang without out, a doubt. Let's go. Let's go. Kurt wants to go fishing. Let's go. Awesome. Golfing. Great. Let's go. NFL quarterback. No. Nah. <laughs> That's all I'm saying, man. All right, so uh, here's where I'm leaning. I got the number one pick. It's Nuanas now, ESPN Radio. Um, Rajim Seabrook kicking it with us here in studio. Also, thanks if you're watching on SWX Montana Television and uh, the ESPN MT app. Text us, 406-888-1029. Fantasy football advice, questions, comments, Whatever. We, we did get your one text. Somebody texted in, hey, if you don't pick Mahomes number one, you're an idiot. I actually think that you don't pick a quarterback number one ever nope. uh, in, in a fantasy football draft just because you can. Kickers only. You can find you can find uh, more equitable options later on. But um, just as a complete homer, I think Justin Jefferson is one of the five best players in the NFL. And I think Justin Jefferson is one of the most unstoppable uh, offensive forces in the league, and I think Justin Jefferson has an opportunity to score. Uh, I mean, he had scored, he scored 18 touchdowns last year, and I think he has an opportunity to do that again. Tell me I'm either right or wrong for wanting to pick Justin Jefferson number one uh, in my draft. Why are we even having this conversation? Like, you pick Justin Jefferson, period. Like, I, right. if I have the number one pick, and I hope I do in my fantasy drafts this yeah. year, it's Justin Jefferson, JJ all the way. And I think that it's the first time that I could truly justify over running backs because, you know, your top running back options are guys like McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey, but but he's he's been injury, injury prone. Very injury prone. They also have a ton of options 
in in San Francisco. Debo Samuel, totally. George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Brian Ayuk. Um, Nick Chubb has been one of the leading rushers in the league the last couple. He's of years. He's a vulture, but he's also prone to injury, Oft injury. because all Oft. Running, all running backs are. Yes, sir. Austin Eckler's your 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 PPR guy. This isn't a PPR league. No, Austin Eckler's an interesting one because he catches so many passes. He's he does. also been injured though. A lot of injuries. Uh, Derek, Jonathan Taylor, I mean, same thing. Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, and uh, Saquon, Saquon Barkley are kind of all in the same. And Josh Jacobs too. They're all really good. Josh Jacobs got to show up to camp. Exactly. He he ain't no good if, if to your fantasy well, and, owners and, if he's and, not in and, camp. And that's the thing is I think Derrick Henry is the biggest beast in the league. Oh, King Henry. But he's a he's a ticking time bomb because it doesn't. Oh, he he no. he's he's no. a he's he's a he's a man amongst boys in the sport that has the most men in the world. Yet he's still a human man. He there's gonna be a point when he 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 takes one. T minus a year and a half. Saquon's been hurt his whole life, even though he's one of the most grown-ass men in the league. He's hurt every other three Subway commercials. Jonathan Taylor has some animosity with his team. A lot of he's it. He's shopping around. Yes, he and is. And Josh Jacobs is doing the same thing. So I think that those things could could play in as well. So I do think that your fantasy football has, has shifted a little bit, mm-hmm. especially because uh, people throw on the goal line so much. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty in on Justin Jefferson. As Buddy, you got guy. you. If you don't. I'm punching you and your pinky toe, which wouldn't really hurt. <laughs> but no, you you, you got to go with what you got to go with. Or do you make a sweet draft, uh, draft a trade, and you know, see what's out. You know, put the put the bait on the hook, brother. See what's out there. Make somebody else make the mistake. Make someone else make the mistake that's, and get some that, cash from the process. That's the thing is like having a the number one or number two pick is such a feast or famine, right? And you and because it's just, like yeah. I I mean I remember a couple a uh, couple years ago when I had the number one pick and it was before Saquon had gotten hurt at all in, in the league and I took him number one and he was lights out for the first month and then he got hurt. See ya. And then and then my season was torpedoed. Tank it. Well, we'll see, man. I would say Justin Jefferson can't go wrong. I mean, unless he gets hurt, but I don't. I don't foresee that happening, bro. When it comes to the way you're making your team, I do think what Rajim said was good. After the top six or seven or eight guys, yep. I do think you could probably throw Devontae Adams in that. that that's that top group that you that you name. Who's this quarterback? True. Then you ain't throwing his name in anywhere. That's true. Thank you. Uh, and when it comes to tight ends, I mean, it's it's Kelsey and then and then everybody else. Yeah, it, it, he's in a. If it, you, you could totally take Kelsey with a top ten pick, and then after that, I think yeah, you hang out. Yeah, you Kittle, hang out to the fourth round. Kittle, Kittle, Kittle could be back for sure. I don't know, man. I had Kittle the last two years. The last year was horrible for Kittle. Like I'm sitting there, yeah. Like please, someone throw him the ball, throw the well, ball to I him. Mean, they like, were they were playing Mister Irrelevant at quarterback, so they were running the ball all over the place. And then when they were, you know, when well, they when they're throwing it, they're giving it to Debo. I know. Well, you think you know for a young quarterback, who, what is his best friend usually is a great tight end, yeah, for sure. So that's why I had him. Uh, so I, I I do think here, here's how I would stratify and, and strategize my draft. Bring it. Your your first round picks. Think of guys that are elite talents that play for high scoring offenses that are going to score touchdowns. Erase the position. Then after that, I'm trying to pick up the top running back I can get Period. for sure. Period. Then I'm going trying to get one of those elite receiver yep. guys, one of those top six guys. And then after that, let it fall where they may. Yep. But I do think that 
There's only uh, about, I don't even know, maybe eight to ten running backs in the league that are going to be considered features. Five? After that, then, Five. after that, then you're talking about committee. So then you're just oh, yeah, screaming yeah. running backs, right? Absolutely. And then you're 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 picking that guy up and you're flexing out his backup because sometimes they'll be on the field at the same Nick Chubb and uh yeah. and 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 um McCaffrey would be a, would right. would be a, a good um example of that. So yeah, man, it's a it's interesting year. There's a lot of hyperbole around the running back position. Um a lot of dismissing of the position For too, sure. like um, almost uh, I don't, unsavory, and how For it's sure. just being dismissed, uh, considering how I mean, much it, it, it shows just the the dehumanization, exactly the, commod- Sorry, the, commod- the commodization, commodization of, yes, of players in the NFL. For sure. Yeah, I mean that that that's where everybody's at. We talked about this with with I mean, you're a Giants guy. We talked about this with Saquon, man. Like Saquon Barkley can totally go. Rush for 100 yards game, get 1,600 yards, and and also catch, you know, 60 passes for another 500. He'd be over 2,000 yards from from scrimmage. But there's also a huge risk he's going to get hurt, and you could also get 2,000 yards from scrimmage from three different guys. So it, it it is it's 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 unfair on the human side of things, but from a business perspective, I totally it is get what it. it is. You get it all the 110. percent I will never drink this stuff again, man. <laughs> I am I am sitting here like my eyelids are clicking. I'm toe tapping. I'm like, what is going on? Give me my triple americano. I can't digest this stuff, man. I'm like ready to just be. That's because that's that's that South American caffeine. You're a mate from the jungle. Nuana's now ESPN Radio, SWX Mate Television, and the ESPN MT app. We're gonna go through a couple of the texts we haven't caught up with, and I keep talking difficult non-conference schedules in the Big Sky Conference as well. A lot of college football coming at you. Keep it right here. Nuana's now ESPN Radio. Jewelry Design Center is not your average jewelry store. The friendly, welcoming staff is so excited to be in Montana, and the craftsmanship, unique creativity, care, and artisanship you'll receive at the Jewelry Design Center is second to none. Is there anything you guys can't do? We don't cut diamonds, <laughs> okay, yeah, but we can facilitate that. Right. It's unique that we cast our own metal, we grow our own models, we hand carve, as well as use computer-aided technology to design. We're pushing the limits of what we had previously thought was impossible. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. One, two, three. One is now on ESPN Radio. We gave you the uh, Grandmaster Flash taster last weekend, or I guess last week, uh, but that's a little deep cut Grandmaster Flash style. Ooh, White Lines, one of the most poignant songs of all times. Uh, not be, just because of hip-hop, but just because of the rise of... Um, the cocaine and the AIDS epidemic of the late seventies that went much through the early ni- early to mid nineties, and um, that's one of the beautiful things about music is it reflects what's really going on in society. And for sure, at the time, America was just not doing well in the in in the uh, the realm of narcotics. Like narcotics were and, and I, and I shaking think, our I, I, I nation. Think, I think there's a lot of people that are listening to this show that are that are old school Montanans. Yes, and maybe don't realize that. I think that in Montana, we're very well aware of um, the perils of of alcohol. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I don't think that narcotics hit the scene in Montana 
until recently, uh, rel- relatively, we're talking. You know, right. we're, we're talking the, about the scope of hip hop history over the last fifty years. Right. Uh, the only the only thing that Montana would have to compare, by, outside of the incredible alcohol related yeah. deaths, was the 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 meth the monster meth that, yep. that that yep. that ripped through the great yep. uh, four hundred six. So, Roger Seabrook here on Nuanas now, uh, ESPN Radio, and, and that's it, right? Like. It's a blessing, I guess, for people in Montana that that the cocaine and crack epidemic was not a part, really, of, of the day-to-day. sort of simultaneous in the 70s and the 80s. Right. But it was a significant and impactful part of life, especially where you're from, on, on yeah, the East Coast. New York, New York City. New York City was totally hoveled out by uh, the late 70s. I mean, just America was burning. It, we were coming right off the heels of uh, civil rights. Uh, Vietnam was still... It wasn't over. Like just because the troops were home, there were still sure, some right. a lot of ramifications. And the ramifications of when the, all of those people came back home, we had the great uh, social service fallout of America, where the, the defunding of all the mental institutions, all the mental institutions, like gates opened up across America, and we had the largest up to now homeless population in America, which also gave birth to the AIDS, For sure. cocaine, and cr- then later crack epidemic yep. uh, in the inner city. So what a crazy time in America. And that song was very reflective of what was going on in the New Yorks, the Chicago's, LA's, Detroit's, Miami, Miami's, and, and actually some bigger cities in Texas, believe it or not. So very historically powerful song. The reason we're doing the history, well, there's a lot of reasons we're doing the hip hop, uh, history of hip hop in America. 50th anniversary right now here in this month of August. Today. It's it's fun. It's 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 a great uh uniting point. But also so much of the history of hip hop in America is the history of a lot of things that are uncomfortable to talk about because so many of the storytellers in hip hop were telling the stories of the streets, of the projects, and and that's and that's what Grandmaster Flash is going to be remembered for. Absolutely, he was one of the first yeah. people to do that. And so I know it's uncomfortable. I know a lot of you are tuning in because you don't want to hear about the crack epidemic of the nineteen seventies <laughs> and nineteen eighties. But but it's it, that's reality, folks. It is reality, and and and, and 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 those things go hand in hand with sports too. They do. Well, I was also going to say hip hop, in some ways, saved aspects of sports. Like no doubt, I'll be honest, like. People really weren't watching the NBA. That's right. They were not watching the NBA, especially post-Jordan era. No one cared about Antoine Jameson. No one cared about Darius Miles. But hip-hop infused... And that's happened twice. Twice. Absolutely. The 1960s NBA that was dominated by the Boston Celtics. Which, your book, I have a book for you. It came in. Surprise, surprise. What was was, uh, sort of fringe popular. But but the NBA of the 1970s, up up to and then after... The merger with the ABA yep. was completely irrelevant. No one cared. And, and so much of that was because of what was going on in America, and Truth. so much of that was influenced by drugs. I mean, if you read the book of basketball by Bill Simmons, this, all these things that we're talking about had such a profound effect on so many different elements of society, but particularly the NBA. And that's why I think, like, when we're trying to put sports into perspective— it's why Magic Johnson and Larry Bird and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Michael Jordan and the guys who brought the NBA into the forefront, that that fundamentally changed America. And it wasn't just because the basketball was really entertaining. It's because those guys gave America an example that was beyond what was mm-hmm. this, this, this sort of 
riddled and haphazard decade of the 70s when things were so off kilter. And uh, we fell in love with personas. And this is exactly why I love sports, because sports is life and and sports can make everything in life, especially culturally and societally, merge. Mm -hmm. And that's why sports figures beyond their unbelievable gifts, physical gifts and their accomplishments. Mm hmm. Multiculturalism in America exists, or I guess is accentuated the most by, and 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 success in multiculturalism in America is is I guess personified by most most out of any other realm of our culture, sports. Without a doubt. Also, the outside of libraries, the most diverse buildings That's right. or settings are sporting day yep. events. We, we talked about this during during the height of the pandemic when there was no sports going on, but yes. there was uh, race riots going on all across America. I talked about this with a variety of coaches across the, the spectrum in Montana, and we all agreed. The, great, the greatest examples of multiculturalism here in the state of Montana are are the college athletics teams? They are Period. the most. They are the most diverse. Period. And and uh, I think it's it's a great example for all of us. Nuanas now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. We've gotten so many texts from you. 406-888-1029 if you want to keep texting in. Text me some money. <laughs> Text me some wings. Apple Pay works. All that stuff works. Uh, 406-888. We don't really actually text us Apple Pay on the studio. I'm just kidding. But 406-888-1029. Um, couple texts to catch up on. College football should be its own league with divisions like the NFL that still make up money for their colleges. I fundamentally agree. I think that the one of the biggest um, challenges that's facing college football right now is that college football has an identity crisis. <laughs> we have fundamentally drawn a line in the sand to say this is a money-making proposition. If you are operating your college football program as a business, and make no mistake, all 125 FBS programs and most of the 120 FCS programs are operating their programs as a business. Without a doubt. If you have business, you need to have regulations. Mm -hmm. You need to have, I mean, think of the antitrust laws that rose up during the beginning of the 20th century. You need to have trade regulations. You need to have any sort of regulations. The launching of the NIL in premise, name, image, and likeness, is about equity, and that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. but, in but. but in action, there's no regulation. I read an article the other day that they said 92% of guys that are getting NIL money don't know they have to pay taxes on that. That's a fundamental failure of the system. You have to have a system in place to let these people know, hey, if you're making, like the quarterback of Florida that is signed for making $13 million, Time Uncle, out, Uncle Sam's going to find you. That is done on purpose. They That's don't true, know too. because then the taxation comes out heavier. That's true. And then once you're once you financially tax someone and they're in now, you know, monies are being garnished, it's another form of passive control over people. So to me, that construct is been very well placed. Yep. That for, is strategically sure. placed. It's for sure. not that they don't know. For sure. They don't know on purpose. For sure. But the NFL is one of the uh, is 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 the great sports entity in America. Now I'm not talking about in their their ethical greatness, but in in their <laughs> in their exposure, 
and their popularity. And promotion. And so much of that is because of the parody. Yes. The equity, not not necessarily human equity, but equity in terms of uh, the, the ability to achieve. Yes. Really, in the NFL, with 32 teams, pretty much every team starts the, the year with a chance to be a playoff team. And half the teams in the league have real Super Bowl aspirations. That's not the case in Division One football. No. None of the teams in Division One football can win the championship. No. At this point, if you're not in the SEC or you're not Michigan or Ohio State, nobody's winning it. Bye. That's why you got to have a regulation. You have to have a regulatory board that says, okay, here's the minimum revenue you have to produce. Here's the maximum, maximum. revenue you can produce. Let's get some stratification. Right, so right, I totally right. agree with this this listener that says college football should be its own league with divisions like the NFL, and that makes up the money for their colleges. What do you think about this? What what if college football actually went to a club model and, and wasn't part of this sort of holistic? Because here's you, you you said you wanted to talk about this. This whole conference realignment is all about football. Football, but there's. 31 other varsity sports, and there's Title IX regulations in place at all Division I universities, sure. and that's all for great reasons. For the, the flourishing nature of the student body, for equity when it comes to men and women, there's all sorts of great reasons. But we have flushed the impact on campus culture down the river to chase these millions of dollars. For one sport, and I know that... So so what if the football just went club, and now Alabama is the Alabama club football team, but they're not actually, a, they're not student athletes anymore. They're not associated with Alabama. Because uh, then, th- then I think you could actually cater to all the other sports, right? I, 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 like if I'm Stanford. I, I, need to, I need to digest that. I can't. For sure. I, I, sure. I want to I respond and not react. For sure. Um, there is a difference. My, 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 the driving point though, Coulter, is what no one is talking about is the negative impacts it has for every sport that isn't for sure. football. Th- this is what I've been pounding on the table for a week and Me, a half uh, now. Same. If, if I'm Stanford and I offer all 32 varsity sports that are available at the Division One level, including every single woman's sport that's available, mm-hmm. I'm telling everybody to pound sand. I'm going independent. Because then, for all my women's sports, I can make my own schedule. Uh, that, that's uh, if I'm you Stanford. Took the words out of my mouth. Stan- scheduling. If I'm Stanford, yes. I got, and I got a top ten soccer team and a top twenty volleyball team and a top whatever you want to say cross country team, all these things. I'm not trying to make these young, especially the, the the women's sports. I'm not trying to make these young ladies go to Rutgers and Penn State for conference games. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Stay on the West Coast. So, soccer is a great example. A- Andrew, chime in on this for a second. Division one soccer in California is elite. If I'm Stanford, I'm saying I'm going independent, especially when it comes to women's soccer, because then I can just play all the, the West Coast schools, and I'm going to play a way more competitive schedule than if I've been the Big Ten, and I don't have to waste all the money to go to the East Coast all the time. Yeah, you could certainly make a competitive soccer, men's and women's soccer schedule, just yes. playing schools in California. Uh, or think, just, just up and down the West Coast, yeah, include Washington or Oregon, for sure. There's no need to go play uh, Penn State or, or Rutgers, like you were saying. The issue is, Coulter, I think when when all those other teams go into their conference schedules, right? When the WAC goes into right, the, their right, conference right, schedule, right. when the West Coast Conference goes into their conference schedule, is Santa Clara going to have time to schedule you? Or does that become an issue then for their student-athlete welfare point. if they have to play three games a week now? It's a great point. 
it's what Notre Dame went through forever. Forever. You know, Notre Dame was money in the bank the first month of the season, scheduling independent uh, football schedules because everybody needs non conference games. But then, how do you get USC or, or Penn State or, or whatever to play in week 10? When they're in the middle of the Big Ten schedule, it's 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 tougher for sure. But uh, I I do think it's a great point. All I know is that the the frustration and and uh, sort of disheartened nature that I feel about all of this could be fixed at least to a certain extent if they just redefined it. Stop trying to call it something that it's not. College football is no longer an amateur sport. This is a semi-pro no, sport. No, it's a semi-pro sport. I've been saying that for years. And, and and now the athletes can get paid. But more importantly, the universities are getting paid. There has to be some sort of regulation over this. Would, would this even be a debate if football, which is the only sport in America that does not have some sort of farm system right. to help with it? right. So, like, when I when I look at the issues and discrepancies with college to pro football, it's the only one that doesn't have a buffer in between. Exactly. And, I and think the NFL has been using use. college football as its farm system. So let's get rid of that. Get, Re- redefine it. I agree, man. I'm, I'm all with it. I'm all with it, bro. More, more on this. Redef- more redefinition of Division One football right after this. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. And Dwight, your father founded Schulte Law Firm in 1987 and since then has mediated more than 3,000 family law and divorce cases. Why is he so good at that sort of law? Well, he is a smart and patient man. A lot of situations where you find yourself in need of attorney are a high conflict situation. And it's really important. And it's a a tenet of our firm that we work through litigious issues in a collaborative way. It's important at Schulte Law Firm that when we're litigating these very serious issues that impact people's lives, that we do so in a way that provides the best representation and the best result to our clients. And what we have found is that the best way to do that is to litigate these issues effectively while doing so with a high degree of professionalism. We can have these disagreements without making it personal. Visit jshultylaw.com. Oh! It's new on is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. When we bracket these all out, because we're going to do it. We're going to do a an MC March Madness style deal. But we were debating this last week. Top female MCs. And uh, you were standing on the table for Lauren Hill, and Lauren Hill is brilliant as a singer, songwriter, MC, rapper, all of it. Missy Elliott's pretty good, man. <laughs> nah, man, I, Missy's nice, and I sent that. I sent that song you, to Drew. You, you did. Missy is nice, but <clears throat> no, Lauren Hill. No, I mean Lauren Hill's is is a goat for sure. 
little Missy Elliott on your way back, though. It's our uh, hip-hop history because it's happy birthday, 50th anniversary today. Roger and Seabrook riding with me, Coulter Nuanas here on Nuanas Now. If you missed anything in the uh, show today, you can find it on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, and the MSU Bookstore. More talk just about the depressing nature of college football at this exact moment. <laughs> Here's the deal. I'm not naive. I understand the money rules the world. We could have a whole debate on what that actually means to the state of society. But I just think it's unfortunate that college sports exists and college football is having this massive pull on all the rest of it. I can't imagine what I would think if I was a cross-country runner at Oregon. You know, like, Oregon has one of the great track teams in the country. Imagine getting thrown into the Big Ten because of the football team, right? Like, Washington has one of the great rowing teams in the world. Imagine getting thrown into the Big Ten because of football. That's the part that just drives me crazy about this, and that's why I can't help but think, what if they just? What if we just made a decision? Football is its own deal. Schools that want to offer Division One football, boom, and let's get a regulating body just about Division One football, and then let's have a Division One athletics that exists about everything else. That seems like a adequate, if not great, solution to me. Because the pundits and the naysayers and the money people in the room will say, "Look how much football draws. Why are we bleeding out into these other?" Right, just, you you, can, fix I think the, you o- can fix the money too, though, right? Football so, could be over here, and, folk, and everything else could be over here. I know it's. I, I think it's a larger. I think as you unpack and zoom out of it, it becomes a larger issue once you do separate it. It does. It does. Because, it, it really. Because, it be, it gets ugly because quick. football funds. So much of the other parts of it. Well, buddy, we saw during COVID, football funds universities, period. Like when schools didn't have football, there were certain colleges and universities across this country that were literally peeing the bed because they were like, well, if we don't have football dollars, we don't have a school system. No, that's true. These schools that are moving into these super-duper-duper conferences, though, they don't have that problem. No, they don't. University of Washington does not need football to exist. Neither does USC, neither does right, UCLA. but there's the other 97% of the world. No, for sure. And that's why we have to find some sort of structure yes, sir. to make everything equitable. You and I were talking about this off-air. We're to the point now where equity has gained enough traction where I think that equity needs to be self-sustaining. So in other words, there's a bunch of Title IX sports that exist in the world to offset football scholarships. Mm-hmm. It would be more justifiable to the, the power of women's sports, which has gained unbelievable and such impressive momentum over the As last 15 years. Thank the stars. That would... The sustainability of those sports would be significantly better if they were self-funded rather than existing just to offset football salary cap issues, basically. <clears throat> I, you know what that means with the time on the clock? That's that's another radio show <laughs> conversation to have, my friend. Can't wait. Nuan- I want to sit on that one. For sure. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. This Friday, a Freestyle Friday Guess what? We are two weeks away from the opening of the high school football season. Yes, sir. We are three weeks away from the opening of the college football yes, season. Yes, sir. 
And, uh, of course, we're teasing all the football stuff when we were just standing on the table for all the other sports. But there's a ton of other coverage coming up uh, for you. A couple PSAs for you, though. We will have our college game day back in full force. Every Grizz home game will be coming to you for a couple hours before each Grizz home game. Grizz open their season on September 2nd, high noon against Butler. Rajim is in for another year to roll on the college football, and uh, I can't wait for all of it to come down the pipe. I know that sometimes we get in the weeds sometimes, and uh, it seems like we're We're human. I don't ever want to seem like we're being negative about this. We're trying to be real about this. But when it comes to divide the financial part and center upon the competition part. The competition part is what we're here for. Yes. We'll have a full-fledged Montana football hour on Monday. More NFL talk and everything in between. Happy birthday, hip-hop. Freestyle Friday. Hip-hop anniversary style. We'll see you on Monday. Nuanas now. ESPN Radio. Coulter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that yeah. might, it must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Yeah, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now <laughs> for the <laughs> University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time.